Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 140 of Sorta Awesome, and we are kicking off a brand new month and a brand new theme here on the show because three years of Sorta Awesome, you guys, three years, all began back on April 9th, 2015. So to honor that moment, we are spending all of April celebrating. We'll be talking all things celebration this month, as well as bringing in some voices that I think you awesomes will be celebrating to hear from here on the show. I cannot think of a better way to kick off a month of celebrating than with a group show with my very favorite and dear friends and co-hosts. I have here with me Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. And our dear friend and the older sister that we all really and truly wish that we had in our lives, Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Meg. I feel like older sister comes with a big asterisk for this episode. Yes. Like truly older sister (laughs) and hang on awesomes, we're going to be going Yeah, that's right. So we are celebrating our birthday this month and birthdays always make me so reflective. So I thought it would be so fun for us to do some reflecting back on our own lives, sort of like time capsule style. So we are going to revisit what each of us were kind of listening to and watching and reading when we were at the ages of 15, 20, 25, 30 and 35. And as luck would have it, and I mean, what are the chances of this? Kelly and Rebecca and I were all born five years apart, starting with Kelly, our older sister. And then five years later, I was born. And then five years later, we have Rebecca. So as it turns out, we are going to invite you guys to come along as we revisit what we were up to in 1987, 1992, 1997, 2002, 2007, and even a little bit of 2012. I hope that each of you all We'll be able to think back on what you are into in those years. And I know, I know some of you are listening. You're like, hmm, I wasn't even born yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You can say it. Awesome. As if you're thinking that, we can accept it. Yes. You are still welcome to join in this time capsule celebration. So, but first you guys, let's go ahead and start this episode the way that we always start every show. And that is by sharing 
our awesomes of the week, the books, movies, TVs, podcasts, websites, whatever that we are into that's making our lives a little bit more awesome this week. Kelly, let's start with you. What do you have for us this week? I have food. I have food Yay! for you. I wish that I could just hand some <laughs> through everyone's earbuds because I would. I have some of these in my kitchen right now. They are banana oatmeal muffins, but not just banana oatmeal muffins. They are made in your blender. Ooh. Oh. Okay. It's kind of like a one pot cooking sort of adventure, yes. only it's baking, of course, but because you only have to get one thing dirty. So this miraculous recipe comes to us from Erin at Well Plated. Mm. She is one of my favorite food bloggers. Yes. And in fact, if the Awesomes have been listening for a full year, they might remember the strawberry oatmeal yes. bars that I talked about last summer. I was thinking that's where those were came. her yeah. invention as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So her kind of thing is that she tries to cook with like minimally processed food, a lot of whole grains, not a lot of sugar, but still really, really good. You know, something that's just comforting and it tastes good and your kids are going to like it. So this falls into those categories. This has no flour, no butter, no oil, but they are super, super delicious and easy. And what I like about them is that they are perfect to go for snacks or for my kids' snack at school. They don't have peanut butter in them. There's just very few allergies. You don't have to worry about gluten. They're wonderful. So let me just tell you what's in them. Of course, we will put the full recipe in a link in the show notes, but they have Two cups oats. So it can be either because you're going to put it in the blender, it can be whole like regular old fashioned oats or the quick cooking style. Two very ripe bananas, which I bet everybody has in their house right now. Two eggs, plain Greek yogurt, a little bit of honey. And that's even like to taste. That's your sweetener, you know, baking powder, baking soda, vanilla, salt. And then you get to put in some mix-ins, like a half cup of mix-ins. I put in mini chocolate chips, but of course you could do whatever you could put in. If your kids love raisins, what kind of creatures would they be? But I hear that there are some kids who love raisins. Wait, do some um, kids not love raisins? You could put those in. My kids love raisins. My kids, if there's a raisin in a bread, they're like, well, cinnamon raisin rolls. No, like you have contaminated the whole really? thing. It would be like putting cilantro on your food, Meg. Yes. I no, they won't eat raisins. That. Okay. Oh, I love raisins, but I didn't like them when I was little either. So huh. maybe it's just one of those things. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. I don't know. Gotcha. So what you do is you put all those ingredients in your blender, turn it on. Boom. You do... Add the chocolate chips or whatever you're going to do to mix in. You do that by hand at the end because obviously they're just going to grind down into nothing because you do leave your blender on for probably three or four minutes. Yeah. I have a, it's not a Vitamix. It's a Ninja. There we go. It's kind of like, you know, it's the cheaper version. It's the poor man's Vitamix. Uh Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So it has all these whirling blades. And even for me, you know, I have to leave that on. You really are breaking all that stuff down. You really want to get it mixed up. You want to break those oats down almost until they're not oat looking anymore. It's a very, you know, smooth sort of batter. Got it. But your blender does your work for you. And then you put in your mix-ins and then you put them into your muffin tins and you cook them. I usually put a few extra, like, it's so funny how many chocolate chips are a magic elixir to my kids. You don't have to use very many. That's the great thing. Since they're small, I can put three mini chocolate chips on top of these muffins and they're like, chocolate chip muffins? I mean, three mini chocolate chips are like, half of a regular right. chip. It's such a small amount, but they think they're getting some huge oh, yeah. treat. So that's what I've been making lately. One thing that I will say is because this has, you know, oats, all these whole grain sort of things in it, yogurt, the bananas, they go bad quickly. So uh, do probably not leave them out on your counter. Yes. If you're going to okay. even like by 24 to 48 hours, you know, they start to get, get a little that funky little mold stuff mm-hmm. that wants to grow. Yeah. yeah. So keep them in your fridge. But I have been sending them constantly to school with my kids and also just having them out for snacks after school. And it feels good. Like, Hey, 
This has some whole grains in it. It's not tons of refined sugar. Healthy, Healthy. yummy blender banana oatmeal muffins. Delish. Thank you, Kelly. You always bring us the best stuff. So thank you so much for that. Okay, Rebecca, what do you have for awesome this week? My awesome of the week is something that I have been holding on to to save for this time of year because I think it would be a really nice Mother's Day gift. I actually purchased this for myself for Mother's Day last year, and it is a dainty triple name necklace by Mackenzie Treasury from Etsy, and I'm wearing it today. Can you see? Oh, so pretty. Yes. So it is a simple sterling silver necklace and it has the three names of my children on it and I was able to customize the font and pick which font I wanted and what order I wanted the names in and I feel like it's just a nice fun alternative to a while back I felt like that stamped jewelry was really popular you know what I mean Mm -hmm. the hand stamped I feel like that kind of went through a phase where that was really popular. And I just like this kind of more updated look. Or you could think that this is perhaps more old school for those who were fans of the Sex and the City series. And you remember Carrie wearing her famous name necklace that she always wore all the time. That's right. That's right. Uh So Mackenzie Treasury on Etsy, she has lots of different options. You can get it in sterling silver, gold, rose gold. I got the 16-inch length but there's lots of different length options but she also has some other interesting customized jewelry you can obviously get just one name two names i got three i think three is the most that she does maybe that's not true she could do more than three i'm not sure but she also has something handwriting necklaces and bracelets where you can send in a sample of handwriting perhaps you know mom wrote out i love you or something you can send that in and you can get that in their actual handwriting on a piece of jewelry which i just think is so special and meaningful i love that yes i have seen those in some various etsy shops and just think that that is the most like sweet and sentimental wonderful idea to do with jewelry love it So right now she's having a sale on her necklaces, probably gearing up for Mother's Day. So this would be a good time to place an order for yourself if you dare or Mm -hmm. give a little hint to somebody in your life that this would be something that you would enjoy opening up in May. Again, shop name is Mackenzie Treasury and it is the dainty triple name necklace. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca. We, of course, will have a link to the show notes in that so you guys can go do a little shopping. So my awesome of the week this week is actually awesomes in real life. So some people in our awesome community who through real life connections have really brought some awesome to my life lately. I shared with you all that my family very recently just came into the Catholic Church. And in the months preceding that, we spent months doing these preparation classes And there were a handful of us, awesomes, who many months ago, like prior to last fall, I think it was last in the middle of the year last year, had kind of started having this conversation in Facebook Messenger about the process of converting to Catholicism. Well, eventually Facebook Messenger became too clunky for our conversation. So of course, you know me, I was like, can we take this over to Voxer? (laughs) (laughs) Which is where all the conversations in my life go down at all times. So we did. We moved over to Voxer. So there was probably nine or 10 of us in this group. And most of them were already practicing Catholics, either cradle Catholics, or there is some converts in there. And then myself and two other awesomes who were going through the preparation classes this past fall and moving into the winter and spring. 
to be prepared to be received into the church. And we started out talking about, you know, things like Catholic theology and Catholic culture. But as women are prone to do when we start talking about things, we've also ended up talking about parenting and marriage and career and life choices and life stories, which I love, of course. (laughs) And it was just so wonderful to have this connection to this group of awesomes. And we just kind of really supported each other through this whole process. So that was super awesome. And then there is another awesome that I'm going to call out by name because she did something that you guys, I still can't even believe how generous and amazing this was. So I want to tell you about my friend Marie, who I met via Instagram, really, after I was on Ann Bogle's show last year. When I was on Ann Bogle's show, What Should I Read Next? I happened to mention that one of my books that I wanted to talk about was a book that took place in Beirut, Lebanon. And I kind of shared a little bit about how much I love Lebanon. Well, Marie is married to a Lebanese man and they live in Lebanon now. And so we connected via Instagram and it kind of, you know, just followed each other's lives as you do on Instagram and messaged back and forth a few times. Well, when it was time for Kyle and I to think about, we wanted to give some gifts to some people at our parish who had been really helpful in supporting our family and coming into the church at our local parish here in Oklahoma City. And Kyle was like, what if we could get some of those rosary beads like you picked up when you were in Lebanon? And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so awesome and so meaningful because my Lebanon trip was so huge in such a huge pivotal turning point in our journey to the Catholic Church. Well, you guys, we scoured the internet trying to find these handcrafted rosary beads that are made from the cedars of Lebanon. We could not find them on the internet anywhere. So in a moment of desperation, I reached out to Marie and I was like, I know this is super crazy, but do you think there's any way that you could track down and pick up some of these rosary beads that I picked up in Bashari in the Cedars of God region of Lebanon. She was like, sure, you bet. So she did all of this legwork to go and she and her husband ended up driving up in the snow, in the snow covered mountains of Lebanon, drove up, found one of these artisans that makes these rosary beads from the Cedars of Lebanon cedars, bought them and sent them to Oklahoma so that we could give them as gifts. I was like, I can't even, I was just hoping that she could help us find a shop and like we could go online and order or something. But they just went ahead and picked them all up and sent them to us and would not let us pay for them. So as a way of saying thank you, we packed up a little box full of goodies that you can get in the States that you can't get over there and sent to their family. But you guys, is that not the most awesome thing ever? (laughs) I'm just like, I still cannot believe it. I'm, my faith in humanity is just restored yes. right now Yes, because of that act. And it will keep me going, oh, wait, that is beautiful. I know, I know. And so each person that we've given these rosary beads to, I've told this whole story to, and they're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, just, yeah, like you said, Kelly, just the idea that somebody would take the time and have the generosity of spirit to do that. I don't know, you guys. Our awesomes are really amazing. amazing. So. This is my public thank you to Marie for doing that because she went above and beyond in being an awesome in helping us with this. So that's my awesome of the week. I know all of you have some stories. We've heard so many stories of people who have connected through our Hangout community or through various events that you all awesomes have found each other in real life. And I always, it makes my heart so happy and so full when we get a chance to share those stories together. So speaking of our Hangout group, you know, every single Friday in our Hangout group, we open up the floor for you guys to share about your awesomes of the week. And so if you haven't joined us over there in the Hangout community on Facebook, we would love to have you. All you need to do is go to facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome Hangout. 
so awesome. Something I've been working on this year is how I can eliminate friction points in my life. You know what I mean? Those little steps on the path to getting something done that just slow you down. So things like how I put off a home repair project because I get bogged down with reading the online reviews for all the service providers. Or I put off planning a special trip for our wedding anniversary this summer because I get overwhelmed with ideas. Well, thankfully, I have found a fantastic service that eliminates those friction points in my life and helps me get things done. The service is called Magic, and yes, that's really the name, and it is Magic. Any time of the day or night, 24-7, I can send Magic a text message, and one of their trained personal assistants will get right to work. Magic's personal assistants can help with virtually anything. They can research and book your travel arrangements. They can schedule your doctor's appointments. They are amazing with helping to plan events. The possibilities are endless. And with Magic, there is no monthly fee, no commitment. You only pay for what you use. It's a low cost per minute, and you can use it as often as you need. The great thing is, the more you use magic, the more they learn your preferences and help eliminate all of the things on your to-do list. Because magic wants to help you get more things done and check more off of that to-do list, magic is giving you, the awesomes, a special offer. Your first magic request is free. To get this great offer, you have to go to getmagic.com slash awesome so you can get rid of all of those friction points that have been bogging you down. To try magic for free, Go to getmagic.com slash awesome. That's getmagic.com slash awesome. Thank you, Magic. Here we are, episode 140. We're going to dig into this time capsule. We are going to start in the late 1980s. Kelly, would you kick us off? Let's go back in time. 1987, you were 15 years old. Give us a little... Bless my heart. Bless your 15-year-old heart. Give us a little peek into Kelly at 15. What were you into? What were you about those days? What was I about? I was a child of the 80s. So I know there are still a few awesomes out there who understand what that means. If you are younger than that, this may be a little bit of a history lesson. (laughs) Maybe you really just read Ready Player One or you went to see the movie and you're like, oh, I love the 80s. It's so cool. My daughter read that book a couple years ago and she said, mom, you have to read this because you're going to understand everything. Uh Because it is, that's the whole lore of Ready Player One is the 1980s and the man who built a whole virtual reality and he's hidden Easter eggs for people to find, but you have to know 80s trivia. So I was that. And I was in ninth grade. Okay. In 1987, I had big bangs. If I can find a picture, I will put it on our social media, although I will do so with trepidation because <laughs> 15 is no one's peak. Nobody. 15 is no one's peak. And if it is, bless your heart. <laughs> Really? That's what I tell my teenage daughter now. Like people who peak in high school, you really should feel sorry for them. Yes, totally. Because that's so true. Not really when you want to peak. So, but I was 15, big bangs. I know that I wore brooches. It was a really big 80s thing. Like it was kind of the closest I could get to Madonna's, all of her jewelry Uh, sort of a look. And so for a while we would wear Oxfords, especially if they had stripes in them with a sweater vest. And then we would have, I took all of my mom's brooches and I would pin that up by my neck as a jewelry sort of statement. So chic. Um, (laughs) So chic with my big pink lipstick and my big bangs and my Swatch watch, which I saved all of my money to buy. It was white Uh with like little dots on the surface. It was a very common one if people had Swatch watches. And of course I was pegging my jeans. Of course. Because I wanted to be cool. Yes. 
So here's the weird thing, and I think this will probably travel through many of our stories, is that when we talk about pop culture and what I was into, everything goes through America and then also through the smaller but very real subculture of evangelical Christianity. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in 1987, I was just starting into my youth group. So there's this mix of things that I did and that I remember from that year. One song that I went back and looked up 1987 that I didn't realize it had come out that year necessarily. It was a big year in music for pop culture music. Both Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer Mm, came out that year. That's right. Okay. Still one of my all-time favorite albums. All of my kids know how to sing that song. They know the words like because partly because it's on rock band, but still I'm claiming it. I'm like, they all know if I, this song comes on the radio, they're like, mom, turn it up. And I'm like, my work here is done. That's right. That's they good all parenting. love Bon Jovi. Good job. Good Kelly. parenting. And then also U2's Joshua Tree came out that year. So I epic. mean, my life pivoted on that album. I just went to their concert last year, life changing. So those are some pretty big musics, but also can we talk about Amy Grant? Amy Grant. That's all I was allowed to listen to in 1987, and I'm not kidding. Well, that's <laughs> the only way that I knew about Bon Jovi, or even to some degree you too, was because this is really taking you back to 1987. There were no CDs. Nope. We had radio tape player combos. Yep. I would put a tape of probably not even Amy Grant, unless it was my father's eyes, I could skate through on that. But it might be even more conservative, like Sandy Patty sort of music. I would keep it on play and pause. (laughs) And then I would turn on the pop radio station because all of my friends were singing Whitney Houston and I didn't know any of the words and I felt so idiotic and left out. So I would literally like try to memorize and then if somebody knocked on my door, I was like, unpause, Amy, you know, who's that morning like this? And I was like, no, totally listen to this. Totally listen to Sandy Patty. Totally listen to Sandy Patty. You're not doing LOL. Um, so that was how I got oh to gosh. listen to Bon Jovi. <laughs> I am dying because I did that exact same thing. I also had a similar trick because MTV was a thing, but my parents would have died if I was watching MTV. So I would be like in my parents' bedroom watching it and I'd have the remote control. You know, you could do like switch back and forth, like last channel. I don't even remember how these Mm -hmm. remotes worked, you guys. But I'd have that like on Nickelodeon, but then I'd be watching MTV. (laughs) So the second the doorknob handle would turn, I'd switch it really fast back to Nickelodeon. So I'd be like, I'm just watching... You know, you can't do that on television or whatever. Not MTV for sure. Not MTV. But yeah, we were pretty clever. this is our heritage. (laughs) Yeah. So now when I walk into a room and my kid switches tabs really quick on the computer, I'm like, oh, please. You think you've invented that? (laughs) Come on. What are you looking at? (laughs) Like, it's just, they're like, what? I'm just, I'm Googling my homework. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned MTV in 1987. You know what? I did watch MTV kind of with my parents' permission because this was one of the things that happened. The monkeys came back yes. to TV because of MTV because they needed more programming. Yeah. They couldn't play the same 15 music videos that had been produced at that point in time yes. over and over and over. So the monkeys came back to TV and I fell hard for the monkeys. Yes. Like in love, but that was what I was watching. And also, this is notable both for pop culture and the Christian subculture, 1987 was the year that The Princess Bride came out. (gasps) That's right. And I saw that in the theater. Oh my gosh. So it was before we even knew that it was going to be this phenomenon. A cult classic. That it is today. Yeah. Mm, Maybe that's why I don't like The Princess Bride because I missed it. I was too young. (laughs) 
you missed the moment in time that was the you don't wait mm. you don't it like? wasn't really a moment then though that's the only thing but yeah let, wait back up what do you mean are you not a christian <laughs> do we need to feel like pray for your soul i'm not sure that you can be a christian and say you love jesus and don't like princess Bride. <laughs> but wait it's not a christian film right no, it's not a Christian. It was the only thing that we could watch, though. Yeah, it's Christian. It was, so it was like the only movie that we could watch. So we watched it in youth group in yes. college. It was literally yes. that. And what? Okay. We've been left behind. What was that movie called? Yeah, it was the only clean movie. I only watched it once. We could watch. And I didn't get it. Really? Yeah. I yeah. didn't get the appeal. It was a moment in time. I can forgive you, I guess. It was Although my kids love it. So maybe you should give it another because they obviously missed the moment as well super love <laughs> of it. when it came out. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I was doing in 1987 when I was 15. I love it. Well, my tie into 87, I was only 10 at the time, but 1986 is when Anne M. Martin began the Babysitter's Club series. So right. in 1987, my life was very consumed by reading and buying. You know, that was when we had like, B. Dalton bookstore and places like that. So like I would anticipate going to the bookstore and being able to get the next couple of books. So it was all about. Which is five years isn't that big of a difference. You're like, obviously now it doesn't matter. But I could not read Babysitter Club because I was 15. Yeah. Like that was just for the younger kids. I read Sweet Valley High. Oh, I read that. Yeah. Did you really? I did. Well, because my sister had it. Ah, yes. My sister's 12 years older than I am. That's right. Because you have an older sister. Yes. Totally. Okay. Well, you guys, when I was 15, it was 1992, which you guys, when I was looking, I was Googling to get kind of refresh my memory about some stuff. 1992 was kind of an amazing year in pop culture. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, music wise, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot comes and changes the cultural scene for a hot minute. So definitely we all like immediately when that song came out in my little small hometown high school, everybody had it memorized immediately we played it all the time another song from that well actually a whole album from that era that was sort of in that r&b hip-hop genre of music was in vogue their funky divas album came out mm-hmm. kelly i don't know if you were ever into in vogue and i'm sure rebecca rebecca's looking to be like nope Pass. she's like is that a group which is the group name and which is the album name <laughs> i thought you were talking about madonna's song for a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah vogue Different, different song but good good recognition <laughs> do i get points for trying get points. yes yes, yes you for points. effort for sure in vogue i loved them i had that funky davis cassette tape and i wore it out a song this is really inappropriate i was only 15 but giving him something he can feel <laughs> was that also in the pause play mix you know where you're like and i'm just really listening to unguarded no oh i forgot to say this for some reason by the time i was 10 until 15 my parents, I don't know if they just were like, listen, we've got a lot of kids space close together. Maybe they just got tired of fighting the battles. Because by the time I was 15, they were totally fine with us listening to secular or worldly music. It did not have to be all Amy Grant anymore. So something happened in those years. I'm not, who knows? I think they just got tired, frankly. So watching wise, I had no time for TV when I was 15. I at this time had been dating a boy for a year, actually, a boy that I started dating when I was 14. And we spent a lot of time together not watching TV, but we did watch movies a lot. We would either go to the movies for our dates didn't get a lot of watching done, but we were at the Ooh. movies. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
or we would rent movies and go over to his house and watch movies. And so like a lot of movies that came out that year are so memorable to me, like Encino Man. Do you all remember Encino Man? Encino Man, Brendan Fraser. I do remember Encino Man. Sister Act. Brendan Fraser, like even that was just that kind was of a, a moment, in the 90s, wasn't it? Right? Where is Brendan no. Fraser today? Someone yeah. give us the update on Brendan Fraser, please. Yeah. Also that year, Aladdin came out, which was like peak Disney animated musical era. Loved it. Bram Stoker's Dracula came out. I remember loving that movie. I've probably seen that movie like 10 times. I think that's where my vampire obsession <laughs> began. But most importantly from that year, The Cutting Edge, The Ice Skaters in Love romantic comedy. Have you all seen The Cutting Edge? Oh, yes. The Ice Skaters. Yes. I don't know if I Gosh. saw it, but I do remember it being a thing. That was my first romantic comedy that I just absolutely loved. I will, to this day, I will watch that movie with a big, goofy grin on my face because it's just so cute. <laughs> Is it clean? Yeah. Because I will say yeah. that when I went back to 1987 and looked at the movies that were popular, it was, you know, a lot of the John Howard. Yeah. So it was like Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club. When I've gone back now and watched those, I'm like, oh, these are quite horrible. <laughs> like, I wouldn't show these to my teenagers today. I feel like there's there's a lot in those yes. movies. So. I feel like there's maybe a little innuendo in the cutting edge. I don't I don't have to think about them. But, yeah. but that's mm -hmm. all. Yeah. So Kelly, 92 for you, you would have been 20. So in 1992, I was 20, right? I had, this was the year that I got engaged mm. as mm -hmm. a little baby mm -hmm. Kelly. <laughs> you know, you look back now and you seem so ready for it at the time. And I'm like, I was 20 years old, but I was almost out of college. You know, you mentioned Aladdin. Aladdin was a movie that Corey and I saw, and we were like, this is our movie. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> it makes me kind of laugh now, but it was that whole, like, I can show you the world yes. sort of idea. We had that music at our wedding. Oh, I'm sure it's a little gosh, embarrassing now. So but precious. I can't stand it. Yeah, Aladdin is kind of important to us. So I didn't do a ton of reading at this stage in my life because I was in college doing internships. I will say, when I thought about it, really honestly, and I will say this, because there might be some awesomes who can remember these books. Bodie Taney was a Christian author. She still is. She writes with her husband, Sam Brock is his name. But they wrote historical mm. fiction and still do. And so those were the years kind of in the early 90s when they started to come out. The 90s were a heavily Christian mm. phase for me. It was kind of like I was like, well, now I need to get serious about my yes. faith. Yes, yes. And, you know, so I was really heavily into Stephen Curtis Chapman came out with The Great Adventure yep. CD in 92. So that Newsboys, I'm not ashamed. Like probably I have everything that Stephen Curtis Chapman and the Newsboys has yep. ever recorded, like from at least, you know, 15, 20 years ago, if I look back through my CDs. So that was and then DC Talk was just coming on the scene. So there was some good kind of now we would look at it and say this is like classic Christian contemporary music that I was listening to. I will say the one thing that I remember watching the most in this time period of my life, and it was still on in, it wasn't just like in syndication yet, was Cheers. Oh, right, right. Cheers was still going yes. on. And so at least here in our area, they would air Cheers new and rerun sometimes after the evening news. Yeah. So like at 1035. So what happened in our dorm was that they had TVs. Now, again, people didn't really, you weren't allowed to have TVs in your room. You didn't have the internet, right? So at 1035, it was almost like everybody was coming back yes. to life. Like everybody had taken their evening. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So they were like, maybe I should think about my homework, maybe. But I think what I'll do is I'll go out to the main area of the dorm and get some ice cream. And we all watched Cheers Aww. together. 
So people would start to come out around 10.15 and Cheers would come on at 10.35 and we would all watch Cheers. So when Norm would walk in, the whole dorm, you know, like 200 kids were like, Norm! <laughs> yes. You know, and it wasn't really the most Christian of shows. It was a bar. You know, Diane and Sam. But at the same time, yeah, it was at a bar. We couldn't even, we did the Fiddler on the Roof that year and we couldn't even actually put like lips to our cup in a bar <laughs> scene like on stage uh, that's because good. that would be going too far. But, you know, we could watch Cheers. So anyway, that's it's a fun memory. It was one of those communal living sort of yes. things. And I think that's a great TV show to watch with friends since it's, you know, where everybody knows your name. So that was, when I think back, it was a happy memory. You know, you're getting out of college. I was 20. It was a good thing to watch. Also, A League of Their Own yeah. came out that year. And the line, there's no crying in yes. baseball. Yes, yes, Has kind of revolutionized my life because I say that all the time to my kids. <laughs> Just, you know. There's no crying in mom's hand. <laughs> There's no crying while eating ice cream. Oh, I need to adopt that. That's great. It's kind of all purpose. So then when I showed them the actual scene, they're like, wait, that's actually from me. <laughs> just come up with that, mom. <laughs> it's not just yours. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Feel free to use it. Awesome. Yes, I give it to yes, you. Yes, yes. Totally. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, Rebecca, let's loop you in because we want to bring you in yes. when... Yes, welcome. welcome to our trip down memory lane. <laughs> welcome, Rebecca. Let's open up the yes. time capsule for you. So in 1997 then, Rebecca, let's go to 1997 because that is when you were 15, right? Yes. Okay. Bring us up to date. So I'm only just now jumping in because when Kelly was 15, I was just five. That's right. Yes. Let's just like relish yes. in that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Let's just push through. <laughs> Hang on. I need to take the mic out. Okay. It's, when it's you gone reach now. for your back, I we thought you were going to say, Hang on. I got to take my back pills. <laughs> <laughs> back pills? That's so funny. And, and this is the sort of awesome community. This would be more likely to be like, No, I'm taking my bra. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I've already been here for half an hour. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a total bra wearer. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. We're okay. deviating. Rebecca. So yes, I'm very, very old. <laughs> yes. This is the point. Rebecca is still in the flower of her youth. <laughs> she was only 15 oh. in 1997. Tell coming. us. Tell us about this. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 1997, I was 15 years old. That was when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school. And you guys, I had such a hard time preparing for this show. I'm not kidding. I sent text messages to probably no less than, it may have literally been like 10 different people asking them. Really? What were we reading? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I sent some to high school friends. I sent some to college friends. I sent a message to somebody that I went on a missions trip with. I was like, Help me gain some clarity here. I know that I am an intelligent person who enjoys reading books. Why can I not remember a single book that I have ever read in my entire life? Because I am blinking. Well, when you're 15, though, you're reading a lot of stuff that you're just assigned. I mean. Right. Yes. Not yes. many kids are like, this was the year I picked up this novel on my own, you know. Right. Right. And that's the conclusion that my girlfriends and I came to, is that we were way too busy with assigned reading for school. Yes. I did not run in any sort of athletic circles by any means, but we had marching band. I was on the speech team. I was big into theater. I mean, my time was consumed with other things. But a notable read from 
sometime around 1997, frankly, was <laughs> A Clockwork Orange by Anthony oh. Burgess. And yeah. that book was cray cray. I mean, yes. I don't know if any of you have ever read it or saw yes, the movie. I don't really remember much about it other than like somebody was kind of tortured into having to watch something and their eyeballs were or their right. eyelids were propped open to yes. watch these images. And I also remember having to have an intense vocab sheet because a lot of the words in the text were like just a made up language. And so yeah. you would be reading and had to reference this vocab sheet of these completely crazy made up words in order to understand the context of the story. So that was a difficult read for me. And it's like all that I really remember. And obviously, I don't remember that much. But I mean, that's super ambitious for a 15 year old, honestly. So good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Props. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I was a good kid. So I did what I was assigned. Yes. <laughs> So in terms of what I was listening to, though, that's when Backstreet Boys was big for me. Spice mm -hmm. Girls. NSYNC was just like right around Spice the corner. Girls. It was a little bit too early for NSYNC, but they were right there. I mean, yeah. I was really into pop music. The top yeah. 40, what yeah. was on the radio. That's what my friends were into. That's what I was into. And... For what we were watching, that was the year that Titanic came out. Yep. And I'm sure, did everybody go see Titanic? Yes. Wait, I have it on my list. I'm sure Kelly does too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So we are like right. everyone in the world who saw that movie. That was pretty pivotal. Yeah, it was. Well, and I was really proud of my mom or thankful to my mom that she took me because at 15, you know, I was on the younger side to see a movie like yeah. that. And not mm -hmm. just because of maybe the romantic relationship that was portrayed in the movie but also just the emotional maturity that i think it takes to watch a movie oh, of that yeah. magnitude yes yeah. for sure we did not have a movie theater very close to my hometown not one in my hometown we had to drive at least 30 minutes 45 minutes and that was like a big deal in northwest ohio to have to go all the way to toledo to watch a movie and my mom took me and it was a big deal because we went to this new theater that had the screen that after the previews played for the main feature, the screen actually like expanded and got even Ooh. bigger. Oh and my. it was like, oh, what a moment. We're really seeing it on the big screen. Whoa, yes. So that was a big deal. Cool. And of course, I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Yep. Right. But because we were not going to the theater very often, my friends and I, we were constantly getting together to watch movies that we were renting. One that we watched on repeat all the time was Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> I had that phase in high school, too. I think every yes. high schooler does, honestly. They should, anyway. It should be yes. kind of a rite of passage, I think, because it's such a quotable movie. It was the original yes. meme creator sort of Most thing. Most definitely. And it's one of those that you have to watch it with other people who already are infatuated and love it. Because if you watch it on your own, you're like, what is this ridiculousness? This is the yeah, stupidest. Yeah, but then suddenly you're watching it with a group and she's yep. a witch. Bana! And you're all like, ha! Knee slapper, <laughs> the best thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so true. It it's has true. to be a communal experience. And maybe at 2 a.m. It's better uh, at 2 a.m. Always. Everything yeah. is funnier at 2 a.m. For sure. Yeah. Like if you watched it at 2 a.m. the first time with a group of friends, where if you all watched it at like 6 p.m., even if you're with a group, yep. it might not be as funny if you're all yeah, watching yeah. it for the first time. But if you watch it all at the first time at 2 a.m., <laughs> yes. 
It's a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, it's hysterical. <laughs> Where do they come up yep. with this? That was my favorite scene. And I was trying to remember. I was like, what's that line where he's like bleeding on the person? <laughs> I was like, what is it? It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Bring out your dead. Oh I love that. Yeah. We Okay. We, we can go right there. We're not going to. Right, right, Keep right. going, Rebecca. I'll well, stop. the last thing that I will say about... 1997 for me is I was also really big into watching ER on television. Yes, yes, yes. Totally. Mm -hmm. The first medical drama, so good, so fascinating, of course. And I'm still in that stage of, like, that's still, like, my adored type of genre of show. Like, a combination of drama and some suspense and the romance that's, like, inner wine between all the relationships. I mean, I just love that. And later on, after I graduated from college, I was able to go to California to visit a friend and we went on a Warner Brothers tour and I saw the ER lot where they yes. like pulled in the ambulance and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Yes. <laughs> Holy grail moment right there for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Love it. Okay. So that was 97 for you when you were 15. 97 for me, I was 20. Kyle and I had found each other and started dating. Actually, just to set the scene a little bit for you, 1997, I was 20. Kyle and I got engaged in December of 96. So we were newly engaged sort of at the beginning of that year. We weren't going to get married, though, until June of 98. We had the stupidest long engagement ever. Not recommended. But so kind of wedding was sort of floating through the mind. But I was super, super, super busy with school at that time. I was just starting, obviously, you know, I was going into my junior year, just starting my major work. And so all of my reading that time as an English major was just literature and novels and essays. And I didn't read anything for fun in those times. I was all reading and writing about it. But two things I discovered around my junior year of college. So this would have been 1997-ish. I discovered Flannery O'Connor, the great Southern Gothic writer. I fell in love with her really sort of dark view on humanity that she still managed to pull these themes of grace and hope out of some dark stuff. Love Flannery O'Connor. During that time, I also had to read for an American novels class, and I'm so glad I did. I read Toni Morrison's Beloved, fell in love with Toni Morrison's writing. I think that she will be remembered as one of the greats of American literature of this era. So anyway, there was some good stuff in the midst of all the drudgery <laughs> of all the assigned reading that an English major had to do. I don't have any record of watching TV during this time except the occasional episode of ER. But Kelly, this goes back to your college era of watching Cheers together. My friends and I, all of us who are in the Kai Omega house would gather on Thursday nights to watch Friends as a communal experience in the late 1990s. So that's really the only TV I can remember watching was Friends during that time. And of course, the whole like the Ross and Rachel yes. and all of that was, you know, the full drama of it all it was highly enjoyable. I do think that's one of those shows that was so fun just to watch with your friends because you got really invested in storylines right. and those kinds of things. So, right. I have more to say okay. about that, but I want you to finish first because I so we're going to revisit Friends and Must See TV in just a Okay. Minute. Pause, Friends. Movies. Again, I didn't watch a lot of TV, but we did rent movies and go to the movies a lot. And so you guys, one of the worst movies ever made by humankind came out in 1997. It's called The Devil's Advocate. It stars, I remember that. stars Keanu Reeves as a Southern lawyer with the worst, the worst Southern accent 
ever. And Al Pacino plays the <laughs> devil himself. I don't know yes. why I loved this movie, but we watched it in the theater. And then I watched it so many times on VHS. When I took an American film class later, before I graduated, we had to write this film portfolio, like critiques of films and stuff. One of the movies I chose to write about was The Devil's Advocate. I'm sure that my professor was like, really, really? You're writing a portfolio of great American film and here's The Devil's Advocate. I don't know. Also that year, two very controversial movies came out, The Full Monty and Boogie Nights, each of them displaying full frontal male nudity. Which I watched. Notable. Which I watched because I could. I was feeling very adult at 20. And so <laughs> I was not going to let that moment in pop culture pass me by. The other one that stood out to me from 97 was My Best Friend's Wedding, which is an average movie at best, yeah. Julia Roberts movie, but it has a great soundtrack. And I still to this day will turn on the My Best Friend's Wedding soundtrack because it is filled with all kinds of fantastic music. So. Yeah, that's a that's kind of how I felt about Pretty Woman. They had a great soundtrack. Yes. It was a good soundtrack. Yes. yes. So that was 1997 and age of 20 for me. So Kelly, you would have been 25 in 97. I was 25. So in my life at this point, I'm obviously married. Corey and I had left Minneapolis and we were living in San Diego at this point. I was full on career girl working at an NBC station, working a lot, you know, working a lot of hours a week. I was a producer for a newscast. So, you know, this was kind of the high era of NBC. So it was a nice time to be working for that network. It was must-see TV for Thursday night. So I went back because I was like, what besides Friends, ER, and Seinfeld was on in 97? And here's the funny thing. You guys actually remember this because I worked mostly evenings. So I was working when must-see TV was on, which of course meant that because this was good television and because just like you said, Meg, you wanted to watch it with friends, we would try really hard to get almost all of our work done by like 8 p.m. or at least, you know, like most of it so that we could all kind of take a break. Everybody in the newsroom, even the reporters who would try to be back, we would work really hard so that we could all kind of sit and watch the show together. Oh, that's so cute. And then, you know, and if like there would be breaking news and we're like, we cannot handle a fire right now. (laughs) Friends is on and Ross and Rachel. (laughs) No, no. You know, like to have to like break ourselves away from the TV to do actual real work. We were like, I hate this world. I hate it. It was so hard. But the nice thing was, is that we were always there and everybody had a TV at their desk. So in the sense that could you watch must see TV? You know, most people that work in the evenings can't always watch. We're like, this is our job. We have to watch it. It was just funny how like must see TV was a big thing. Seinfeld was kind of nearing its end. Friends was full on powerhouse. ER, like you mentioned, Rebecca, it was a thing. It was just a thing. Like we did more stories based on what we were ending, like how ER was going to hand off to us, to the news, you know, like what's ER doing tonight? What can we figure out that we can lead with? So because then too, here's a big thing that happened in 1997 that I remember because I was working in news was this was the year that Princess Diana was killed. Oh, that's right. In that car accident. So most of the big stories of that year, even big movies to some degree, like I remember through this lens of work, like the night that she was killed at the time, we just knew there was an accident. I had been out on a date with Corey. I think it was a Friday night. And I came back home and my answering machine, which we had because we didn't have, you know, actual answering voicemail, machines. but was going like blinking, blinking, blinking. And the newsroom was like, come in, everybody come in. Princess Diana's been an accident. We know, don't you? Know, so I was in the newsroom. So if a big story was happening, I was working. Yes. So if there was a cultural phenomenon like Titanic, which you mentioned, 
it was being used somehow in the news. We were doing a morning show about it or, or something like that. Here's something else that I did in 1997. I felt like I, for the first time in my life, should think about exercise. So I started doing jazzercise. <laughs> Ooh. I wish we had pictures no. from that era. <laughs> it was a little after the era of the jazzercise peak where everybody was wearing yes. like thong leotards. Who thought that up? What man somewhere and thought man. that up? Because no woman would ever say, you know, what would be great to work out in? A, a thong. thong leotard. Right. No, no. And then leg warmers. Yeah. So it was after that. And really, I still do love jazzercise. So in the sense that if somebody thinks I'm mocking, I'm not really. It was just kind of makes me laugh. I was in San Diego. San Diego is the home of jazzercise. That's where it started. So it was still everywhere. Like it's still in San Diego. You can still find jazzercise everywhere. It's just a valid, you know, workout option. But here's something that happened. Because I was doing jazzercise, they started to pick up on the move into country music. Mm. So like Shania Twain and things like that that started to become popular. All of a sudden, I started to listen to music that was kind of that pop country country. sort of thing. So that was – you didn't mention country music that year. I did. I forgot that part of my list. That's all I listened to was pop country in 1997. So who else was in that era? So it was like – I forgot to mention all of this. It was like Leanne Rimes. Garth Brooks was still popular at the time, Brooks and Dunn. Tim McGraw came out with the song, It's Your Love, which, so Kyla and I got married in 1998. In the late 90s, everybody had at their weddings, because that's when all of my college girlfriends were getting married, like four out of five weddings, somebody had singing It's Your Love by Tim McGraw. It was a moment for sure. But yeah, that's all I listened to. I like, so Rebecca mentioned that that's when the sort of like Backstreet Boys and Boy bands were becoming more popular. Britney Spears was becoming more popular. Christina Aguilera. Around that time, I decided I was too mature for that. And so I took a sharp left. And then all I listened to was country music of that era. (laughs) Which is really funny. Like, I'm too mature for pop. I'm going to listen to country. (laughs) I'm really taking it up a notch with Garth Brooks Uh and Brooks and Dunn. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that was Jazzercise and the like. Doing that, which was actually really good because it was the first time in my life that I did something physical for myself that I thought, I can actually do this. Like I had been such a failure at every sport that I ever even tried to try. Yes. It was about this time too that we were living in San Diego and my brother, who's just three years younger than me, came to live with me. And both my husband and Michael are jocks to the extreme. Like they never met a sport that they couldn't naturally be kicking the tail of anybody who'd been taking lessons their whole life, just who they are. So I remember going to a golf range with Corey and with Michael. They were just going to hit a couple of, you know, buckets of balls and then we were all going to go to dinner. And my little brother was being so sweet. And he was like, here, you can do this. You can do this. Like you you do jazzercise. So he like set me all up like in front of the tee. It was like, here's how you hold the club. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm going to try. He believes in me. You guys, I whiffed that ball. Of course. Like missed it. <laughs> like five times. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. I mean, tea, and yeah. finally, yeah, I turned around and my brother's like, curled up in a fetal position on the ground laughing silently because he doesn't want to like destroy my mojo but literally like on the ground cry laughing he's like how can you be this bad like how i don't think it's possible and i'm like michael why did you give me this anyway so i could do jazzercise so that was the one thing that you know i love to do it was good for me to see that you can still be healthy even if you can't play sports and you know what i hadn't had babies yet so i still had abs (laughs) Not a bad thing. Yes. 
Yes, yes. That is so fantastic. Awesomes from where I sit in Oklahoma City. Right now, the sun is out, the birds are chirping, the weather has finally warmed up, and I think it's safe to say spring is in the air. That has me all motivated and inspired to do some freshening up around here, and that's why I'm so happy that this episode of Sorta Awesome is sponsored by Smith & Noble. If your spring cleaning has you inspired to freshen up your home, Smith & Noble can help give you an instant makeover in any room. Smith & Noble can help you spruce up absolutely any space in your home with their extensive collection of high-quality, handcrafted blinds, drapes, and shutters. You can find the perfect design that totally expresses you and your family's style. They are there to meet your needs, and they are there to help every step of the way. Smith & Noble offers free design consultations in your home or over the phone. They will send out a Smith & Noble measuring expert for a free measuring, and they'll help you take care of getting the professional installation that you need for a guaranteed perfect fit. And I'm so happy to tell you that for a limited time, we do have a special offer for all of your spring freshening up projects with Smith & Noble. You can get 25% off of your Smith & Noble window treatments by going to smithandnoble.com awesome and get started today. For details on the 25% off discount, go to smithandnoble.com awesome. That's smithandnoble.com awesome. Thank you, Smith & Noble. Awesomes, most of us have finished our spring break with our family, and that means the spring season and all of its busyness is in full swing. Sports leagues are going strong. We have end-of-the-year recitals and concerts, end-of-the-year parties. And this is the time of year when you're out of the house and you do not want to be caught without something to snack on for you or especially for your kids. This episode of Sorta Awesome is sponsored by RX Bar Kids. Maybe you've seen RX Bar at your local Target or other grocery store. We love them because they are a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients. And they're actually really delicious. There's no fillers or additives, no chemicals, and most importantly, no added sugar. The awesome team at RX Bar created the Kids Bar line so that parents have easy access to great nutrition that their kids can take with them on the go. You could put them in your child's equipment bag for sports or stash them in the snack compartment of your car for when hunger strikes. They are perfect for end of the ball season or end of the year school parties because they have absolutely zero added sugar, no gluten, no soy, no dairy, no bad stuff. They are delicious, clean, and convenient, and kids love them, especially the chocolate chip flavor, which is my family's favorite, but there's also apple, cinnamon raisin, and berry blast. So keep an eye out for RX bars at Target stores or for 25% off of your first order, you can go to rxbar.com awesome and enter promo code AWESOME at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash awesome. And don't forget promo code AWESOME for 25% off of your first order. Thank you, RxBars kids. Okay, well, let's move forward in time, but back on the timeline to Rebecca. Let's go to 2002. So Rebecca, this then is when you were 20. So you were like in the heart of college years, right? Yes, I was in college, 20 years old, 2002. And of course, I was not reading anything because I was swamped with all of the assigned reading that comes along with college. Totally. But the one thing that I can remember reading in college was The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Oh my. 
It, talk about having yes. a moment in 2002. I read it too. Kelly, did you read it? Yes. I don't know if it was that year, but absolutely. I'd forgotten about it just about until now. I forgot but about it, but yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually the neat thing about that book. Well, okay. So the book is a Christian book and it talks about just finding purpose within your life and why you are on earth and, you know, all that jazz. But my to-be mother-in-law actually gifted Nate and I both a copy of that book. He -hmm. was in Jamaica. This wasn't actually 2002, but it's pretty darn close. So he was (laughs) serving for a year in Jamaica and I was still in college. And her idea was that we could read it together as like a way to connect despite the distance. She gave it to us for Christmas that year. And that was actually like a really neat idea to have such a long distance relationship when Internet communication was still really iffy back then. Phone calls were very limited. But he and I had this way that we could still form a connection by reading something at the same time. And so it it. happened to be The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. That's so sweet. I love it. Now, speaking of boys, one of the things I was watching during that time and like for all of time was Days of Our Lives. (laughs) And I say speaking of boys, because my (laughs) go-to in college when flirting with a guy was to be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm really into watching Days of Our Lives. You want to come to the lounge at one o'clock and watch with me? And if they were like really (laughs) invested, then they would put up with this terrible soap opera drama and sit there in the lounge with me and watch Days of Our Lives. I did that to at least two boys, if not like, I don't know, five. <laughs> that is hilarious. And Kelly has in the past professed her undying devotion. Undying. I mean, decades long. Most I thought you were going to say, Rebecca, that you were going to do something like, I learned how to flirt on days of our lives. <laughs> I would just walk up to people and raise my eyebrow and say, how is that, doc? <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't take like flirting advice from days of our lives. Everyone dies. It's not a good thing. Oh, but they all come back. They come back, back so to life. Okay. Right. Yeah, they come back to life. But still. Yeah. Okay. So, no, that's a good idea. And I do remember watching days in when I was in college, many years hence, but also in the lounge because we didn't have TVs in the room. And the right. funny thing was, is, of course, it's on in the middle of the day. So either you didn't have classes, you had to skip a class usually yeah. to watch it. And there were these like little pockets, like people who were like, we're at a Christian school. I'm probably not supposed to be watching this. But you would walk out in the lounge and you'd be like, it was almost like an AA meeting. <laughs> like you'd sit down and you'd be like, hi, I, I'm, I also watch Days of Our Lives. <laughs> My name is Kelly. I can't tell you anymore. But like you, there would be like the Days of Our Lives lounge and the All My Children lounge, uh-huh. like on oh, the girls' hilarious. side, on the girls' side. Yeah, it was pretty funny. We we didn't really want to admit it publicly. It's only been now that I can have the strength. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I was never a day's girl. I was ABC soaps myself, but I can relate to that for sure. Well, you know, also around 2002 is when reality TV was really coming into its own. That is the Mm -hmm. year that American Idol premiered. The yes. Bachelor premiered. Yes. Big Brother yep. was in season three. That means that Survivor was also in like season three or four. Those were big, big years for reality TV. And of course, I consumed it all because I yes, you have, did. since I was a baby, consuming reality TV. <laughs> and then for like. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was what? hilarious. Okay, keep going. <laughs> and then listening, I still was like listening to like scandalous pop music it's getting hot in her 
by Nelly. (laughs) (laughs) So I also went to a Christian college, but I was not ashamed to be singing. So take off all your clothes. I mean, I was like... All of my scandalous behavior came out through music. I mean, I wasn't actually taking off my clothes or doing anything. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing drugs. But I was sure singing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know what's funny? So now I'm a parent to teenagers. And one of the things they say is if your kids are listening to music that you're just like, I just don't think they should be listening to that music. They're like, the best thing you can do is just start to sing it with them. Like every word. (laughs) And like they're gonna be like, I, you ruined this song. Yep, I do do like, that. It, it so does work for smart. sure. Yeah, yeah. And the, one dad was even like, like I turn around and I'm like, what do you think they mean by that? Like get hot into her. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and like watch the kids just like go, oh, just oh, I can't talk about it, dad. I'm like, that's so brilliant. It's so, so hopefully you weren't singing around your parents, even though you're like, yeah, I can sing this. That is amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, in 2002, I myself was 25. So I had been married for four years at that time because we got married when we were two little tiny children like Kelly and and Corey did. So we lived in Fort Worth at the time. Kyle was a graduate assistant coach at TCU for the football team there. I was teaching high school. We were broke as jokes, you guys. We had no money to do anything. (laughs) That's what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. What? <laughs> I thought you were going to drop the she's F-bomb there. Oh! <laughs> Rebecca, this is not that kind of a podcast. Well, I know, but that's like something that people say all the time now is like, you know, single AF or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I'm just, just like, whoa, she's going to go there. Okay, but you were just broke as joke. Okay. Yes, the technical term is broke AF. We were for sure, but the cleaned up version, we were broke as jokes. We were. We had no money for anything. I was living in Fort Worth. I listened to all country music all the time. By this time, it was like the Dixie Chicks. I love, not past tense, still to this day, love the Dixie Chicks. Listen to all of their albums all the time. This is when I really feel like country music was really becoming so much more pop. It was like Kenny Chesney. A man named Blake Shelton, you may be familiar with him. I happened to go to middle school with Blake Shelton. So when he came on <gasps> the scene, yes, I did at Ada Middle School. That's awesome. Yes, have I never said that on the show? I feel like I have. I did go to middle school with Blake Shelton. And so when he became a big deal on the national country music scene, of course, all of us from small town Oklahoma were cheering him on for sure. And I do love his music. I know he's not for everyone, but I enjoy some Blake Shelton. So anyway, that was kind of the listening Reading, I was only reading whatever I was teaching. I was teaching high school English. All I had time for was writing lesson plans and grading. I had no fun in my reading life. Watching-wise, I was watching American Idol because the high school I taught at, I know I have said this on the show before, was Kelly Clarkson's alma mater. It was the first season of American Idol. In September of my first semester of teaching, she won American Idol. It was a huge deal in Burleson, Texas. That was the premiere of The Bachelor, Rebecca. That's the first and only season I actually watched of The Bachelor. And when I after I finished watching it, I was like, "This is really degrading." This will never last. Sorry. Wait. What? Watch yourself. (laughs) But now I'm one of those people who supports the podcast at the seven dollar level. Number one, because I love Knox and Jamie. But 
so that I can make sure to get all of their inside scoop and all of their recaps of each episode. I don't watch it, but I love to hear them commentate on it. Also during that time, Scrubs was a big deal to this day. <gasps> Favorite show. I love Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah, still today, if I have a bad day, it is comfort food comfort. for my soul. Yes. Like I put that on at the end of a bad day. Yes. It is like better than a glass of wine. Absolutely. Just to see my friends and hear all the hot comedy. Absolutely. Also 24. Kyle and I were obsessed with 24. We didn't have any money except for a basic cable. Kyle worked all the time because like I said, he was a graduate assistant coach for a division one football team. He was never home, but we loved 24. So I would record it. It would be my responsibility to record it on our VCR every week. I think it came on Tuesdays, I feel like. I would record it and I wouldn't watch it. I'd wait till he got home. We'd stay up until the early hours of the morning so we could watch that week's episode of 24. It was definitely a moment in time for us in 2002. We were just in our mid-20s, just kind of starting out in life together. So Kelly, how about you in 2002? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so I'm 30 in 2002. I'm a new mom. I've just had my first baby. I'm soon to be pregnant with my second. This is where I fall off the pop culture map. <laughs> That's what I have in my notes after I'm 30. I'm like, I don't know what was happening. I had children. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to talk very little the rest of this episode. Yeah. Because here's the funny thing. It's this is what made me laugh about it because when you just said that, Meg, I bet a lot of awesomes, if you've had kids, you're going to relate to this. It doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't really matter how old you are. That's right. All of a sudden, pop culture continues on and you just <laughs> get off that train. So, Rebecca, you mentioned reality TV and I've said before on the podcast, I have never watched a single reality TV show ever. Like, because... I had a baby in 2001. Yes. So I have ne like, that was right when it came out. I never watched American Idol. I never watched Lost. Not, not, that's not lost. What's the adventure? <laughs> Survivor. Survivor. Oh, Survivor. See? Survivor. Yes. I, yeah, I never watched Survivor. Like, I didn't, I just completely stepped off the train. What I was watching in 2002, Blue's Clues, <laughs> Dora the Explorer. Uh, yes. I have an extensive, to this day, collection of Veggie Tales. <laughs> I could sing you all of the silly songs. Veggie Tales word is for on word. my list. Even, yes. Mm -hmm. yes, even the hairbrush song. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Love Clifford the Big Red Dog, Oswald, Max and Ruby, all these Nick Jr. and at the time Disney Jr. Mm -hmm. shows, mm -hmm. a little bit of PBS, you know, like that was where I was. I had little ones. So really, that's like the extent of my pop culture. I wasn't reading anything yep. except for baby care books, maybe. Yep. Yep. I do remember that this was the year, because I am a geek, that Lord of the Rings was becoming a oh, phenomenon. Yeah. Yes. Still one of my favorite, you know, movies, trilogies to this day. And also Star Wars yeah. was painfully coming out with the prequels to the originals. And, you know, really, I think this was the year this, the second prequel came out. So that sounds right. Star Wars 2, what is it? Like Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Idiotic. Why did they let them make this movie? <laughs> totally the, the worst, the worst Star Wars movie. The one that all geeks everywhere say it would be better if that was just dead and buried. Yes. But it was happening at that time. And it didn't really convince me when I did finally save up my pennies to be able to go see it. I was like, why did I waste my time? No, pop culture can continue on without me. I will stick here Yes, with Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes, I get it. I totally do. Do you remember when Nick Jr. was Noggin? Those were Yes. Like, no. We was it Noggin, Noggin or was Noggin a separate channel? No, we had Noggin. And they also had like the screen, like the thing that they would do, they didn't even air commercials back then. Right. That was part yes. of the beauty. Yes. All of them, they would do their 25-minute show and they would have five minutes of 
ads for other shows maybe, but it was like a big blue screen with a face. Yes. I think it was just called. Yeah, face. That's yeah. right. Before yeah, they I... went to Moose and Z. Yep, Moose and Z. <laughs> so yeah, those are like my happy memories. And the funny thing is, is that obviously a lot of these shows aren't even made anymore. They're still around. You know, if you have kids sure. today, it's not like they don't know who's Blue's Clues is. But I did, since I'm teaching college this semester, say something to my students about my great and endearing love for Clifford the Big Red Dog. And they were like, oh, yeah, we love Clifford. And I was like, oh, you're my people because my little kids never watched Clifford the Big Red Dog. Like they, especially because they were younger kids, they moved right into like Netflix. So, you know, my youngest son is super into Power Rangers, which my brother was into in the 90s, you know, so like they kind of skipped this sort of like, this is what communally we all watched. The TV was on and we all watched it. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that was what I was doing in 2002, heavy into baby land. Baby it was a sweet time. Land. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, let's skip forward to 2007. This is one of those years that I feel like in my mind, I'm like, 2007 wasn't that long ago. But yeah, it was. It was like 11, coming upon 11 years ago right now. So yeah. So that doesn't seem possible, but yeah. Yeah, I know. So Rebecca, 2007, you would have been 25. So you were at the starting of adulthood. What were you into those yes. days? Well, Nate and I were married for two years at that point. I was living in Pennsylvania. That year, I worked part of the year at a travel agency and then felt like my soul was dying and then switched jobs and worked at Sight and Sound Theater here in Lancaster County, the large Christian theater here. And there was no children. So I was still on the pop culture radar. I still had things going on. I still was listening to my scandalous music. I'm bringing sexy back by Justin Timberlake (laughs) is still a song that gets me. Woohoo! I love that song. (laughs) Umbrella by Rihanna. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But now for what I was reading that year, I read a book that had come out a few years before. I read The Life of Pi by Mm. Jan Martel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so if you have not read this book, it's also now a movie. It was about a boy who was lost at sea with some wild animals. Yep. And it was recommended to me by somebody who was working at the travel agency with me. And she said to me, this book is so good. I still keep thinking about it years later. And I was like, (sighs) okay. Well, sure. I'll read it. I have something that's kind of, I don't know, maybe crazy. I don't really like to read the descriptions of books, you know, like the little blurb that's on the back cover, the inside jacket. I don't like to read that. I like to go into books pretty much blind. Huh. Okay. So if somebody recommends a book to me, then I just dive right in if it's somebody that I trust. Well, I don't know if I would put this coworker on my somebody that I trust list anymore. (laughs) That book is really intense. (laughs) It definitely is. Yeah. So reading about being lost at sea, number one, just isn't very fun. And then I'm not going to spoil it. I mean, it's an old book, but I just won't. There's a very significant twist at the end that makes you rethink the entire story. And that twist is something that is kind of quite haunting and will stick with you. As you think back at the book, you're like, well, now wait what exactly was I reading here? And it's still every once in a while is a book that will come to mind of, man, that book got twisted. So that's what I remember reading that year. Still big into watching American Idol. I was also into Grey's Anatomy. 
Desperate Housewives. The Office was at its prime in 2005. The Office premiered in 2005. So here at 2007, we're just two seasons in and it was oh so glorious and oh so good. It was like really the best years, really. Yes. The best of the best with The Office. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was into when I was 25. Love it. Love it. Well, I am going to pick up where Kelly kind of left off because in 2007, when I was 30, we lived in San Marcos. Kyle was coaching at Texas State University. We had a two-year-old. AJ was born that year. I turned 30 in the middle of that year. I mean, all I was listening to is like kids music, Lori Berkner, like on repeat, every Lori Berkner. Dicey and I would just listen to that all the time. I think I had a kind of a return to Christian music during that time. I honestly can't remember. It's all very foggy and blurry for me when I had a two-year-old and a newborn. Kind of whatever was on the radio. I didn't really watch much. I do remember during those days, I did love Project Runway, which I still love. I catch it every now and again. But this was in the early years of Project Runway where there were some very fascinating personalities and the competition was really quite interesting. Loved it. The office was great as well. I didn't do much reading at all. Again, had two little ones. I spent most of my free time, any reading time that I had, I spent on message boards. This was right before Facebook opened up to the general public. And so Facebook was more of a thing for college kids at the time. So a lot of us adults who were connecting on the internet and making our internet friends were on message boards. And I've talked about how we had this big message board of moms whose children were born in January of 2005. It was a very strong, connected community. And I did a lot of reading and responding to posts on message boards in 2007. That was really where a lot of my free time went. I know that's not really a pop culture moment, but I was thinking, why didn't I read back then? I was like, oh yeah, I was always checking the message board and responding to posts on there. So. Right. What year did you start blogging? So I started blogging in 2006. And so, yes, blogs okay. so also. The year before. So you were blogging. Yes, I was not only on message boards, but I was reading blogs, blogging myself at sort of crunchy. That's right. That's what we did instead of reading books back then, Kelly, right? That's how you and I met, probably in 2007. Yes. Yep. I started my blog in 2007. So I was like, I'm pretty sure you were one of the first blogs that I read, you know, or found, however that went. I don't know. It was kind of a little bit of a blur, but. The iPhone came out in 2007 too, which seems a little crazy that it was, because again, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but yet it kind of was. So technology, that was kind of a pivot year for technology really changing the way we do our lives. Yeah, totally. Totally. So what, did you have any pop culture things from 2007? I know you, so you were 35 at the time. How many? I was 35. How many children did you have? We had Two children, you know, they were a little older. They were six and four. I was getting ready to start round two of children. That's right. (laughs) So my daughter was born in 2008, the very beginning. So I was pregnant. We moved back to the Twin Cities. So, you know, there was stuff going on. So, of course, that overshadows a lot of your ability to even have time, again, for pop culture. I do think that that was the year, which ironically, it was the year that I started to read Harry Potter which had been a phenomenon, obviously, for a decade yep. by then. That was the year, 2007, when The Deathly Hallows was published. Yes. But that was the year that I finally was like, I think I want to read that book. I think that I have time. And so I started to read Harry Potter. My Life Has Never Been the Same. Yeah. Such a fantastic book. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's touch really quickly on 2012. That was only three years before Sorta Awesome began. So we were kind of all like... Kelly, you and I were friends, and Rebecca, you and I were just really starting to get to know each other, I feel like, in 2012. 
golly, that was a long time ago. Blogging was definitely still a thing, I think, for all three of us Mm -hmm. that we were very much into, even though it was beginning to be on the cusp of that transition. So, Rebecca, in 2012, you were 30. Anything notable stand out to you pop culture-wise from that year? Yes. So I had been married for seven years. I had my older daughter, Grace. She was two. And Noah had just been born. That was the year that I got my first iPhone. And so, of course, that changed some things for me. And I was going to say that I was reading a lot of blogs during that time. I had started my blog in 2009. And yes, blogs were definitely a thing. As far as what I was listening to, that's also when I started listening to podcasts. I first, my gateway podcast was The Simple Mom, Tish's. So now called The Simple Show, but it previously was the Simple Mom podcast that had started a little bit earlier, but that's when I first started listening to podcasts. I would actually, before I even had my iPhone, I would listen to it on my laptop. And I remember carrying my laptop into the laundry room with me to continue listening to podcasts around the house. (laughs) Yes. That's also the year that the Hunger Games came out in theaters. So I went with a girlfriend. We saw it on opening weekend. We didn't really know much about it. It was mostly a thing that we were looking for something to do, and it happened to be the Hunger Games opening weekend. We're like, oh, let's go see a movie. It was that type of thing. We weren't driven there because it was the Hunger Games. It just happened to work out. And I remember we were sitting there. We were about halfway through the film, and I was suddenly got this panicked thought. And I leaned over to my girlfriend. I said, this is a series. This is like a three book series. Are we going to find out who wins tonight or do we have to wait? Because I was like, shoot, how long is this going to drag out? Because I had no idea. I hadn't read any of the books. I wasn't familiar with the full concept. I didn't know how it was going to work out. But yes, you do find out who wins in the first movie. Thank goodness. And then I then went home and was like, wow, that was really good. And Ended up then reading the entire series over the course of the next several weeks or months there. So that's what I was into at 30 years old. Well, in 2012, I was 35. It was a huge year for my family. I released a book that I co-authored. We bought our first house after years and years of marriage. We bought our first house that we still live in. I got pregnant with twins. I mean, there was a lot going on personal life-wise. But Rebecca, I absolutely have on my list that that's when I started listening to podcasts via Tish. The Simple Mom, she invited me to come on the show a few times in those early years, and I was just hooked on the whole thing. And I'm the same way. I would carry my laptop around from room to room so I could listen to the podcasts. That's also when I discovered Spotify and started building all the playlists that I still love and revisit to this day on Spotify. Love Spotify. Watching-wise, I finally watched Lost And I loved every minute of it. Still one of my favorite shows of all time. I also, you guys, during this time, I was watching Once Upon a Time on ABC and blogging recaps. That was a lot of fun. I love to talk pop culture stuff. So that was going on. And reading wise, Kelly, I have on my list that this is when I actually finally started reading Harry Potter. I finished the series in 2013, right after the twins were born, but I was heavy, heavy, heavy into the Harry Potter series in 2012, long after everybody else had finished it. (laughs) Oh, well, that makes me feel a little better because sometimes I feel like I was the oh, last no. person in the world no, I, to discover Harry Potter, but was. it was because I was having kids. So, okay, you technically <laughs> no, were. Well, that's no, good. I haven't read it yet. Rebecca! Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. Okay. <laughs> Bye. It's been real, guys. Been a good three years. Last show for Rebecca. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Maybe that's so Kelly funny. and I can cure you of this affliction someday. I don't know. 
It's really good. We will try. We will try. Well, see, I just think it's impressive that you were reading. I still feel like it's just hard to read with little kids. Your brain is so tired. By the time they finally fall asleep, you're just checked out. Yes. So I don't feel like there was anything that I was reading in 2012 that was notable right, right. anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, social media really did come in. It was like I jumped off of that pop culture TV watching train and then I started to learn about blogs and Twitter and Instagram. And so by 2012, that was what I did with my free time. I had kind of been off of the TV watching bandwagon for so long that I didn't feel like I needed to get back on it. Like I was like, I'm so far behind. I don't even know what all this stuff is about. I'm just not even worrying about it. And I'm still kind of there. Yeah. So, But I will say the one thing that I watched in 2012 that was a phenomenon for everyone the world over was Downton Abbey. Oh, right. Mm. I forgot about Downton Abbey. I watched the first season and then I fell off the Yeah, track. and it was not the year that it came out, yeah. but 2012 was the year of the infamous Christmas special that devastated us all. Maybe yes. I shouldn't say more in case there's a spoiler, but if you've watched Downton Abbey, you know exactly which one I'm talking about. So that was kind of that, you know, back when it was a phenomena for everyone, it was so rare, even... Just a few years ago, we could already binge shows. And so this was no. a show that you had to wait yes. for yeah. for the next one to come out well, and then wait nine months for the next season. to. Yes. Well, I would get the DVDs from the library because I was a little late to the game and my husband and I were watching it together and our marriage almost ended. If he was going to call it Downtown Abbey one more time, he was going to be out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on this trip down memory lane and letting us reflect. I would love to hear some of the things that you guys were yes. into in these years. Tell us what the 80s and 90s and the early into the 20 teens, I guess, what was meaningful for you in each of these eras in time. And like I said, all the month of April, we are going to be celebrating and doing so many fun things. I can't wait. We have some really great programming ahead for you. So if you want to follow up with us and talk about our various quirks and fascinations and obsessions from pop culture. Let's remind everybody where they can find us all around the web. Kelly, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelly at Lovewell or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lovewell blog. A holdover from those blogging days. <laughs> yes, exactly. The blog where I no longer blog, but it is still a blog on Facebook. Now, Rebecca, you still do currently blog. Help us remember we can find you in all of the places. Yes, I'm holding on tight. <laughs> Holding on for dear life. You can find me at simplyrebecca.com where I blog sometimes about <laughs> parenting, frugal living, natural living, homemaking. And then you can find me all across social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Simply Rebecca. Okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Sorta 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.